0: Faber writing course. I know a few people who've done it and um, speak very highly of it. Why did you choose to to do a sort of a writing course?
1: I because I was trying to write the romantic comedy. I knew it was awful, and I didn't know how to structure a book. I mean, basically, I really had no clue, to be honest. And I was like looking for help on the internet, and I saw an advert for the Faber course, and I saw it as being tutored. There was one being cheated by Esther Freud. Okay. Who I'm, i I love her writing. So I was like, Oh, this is great. So I applied, and yeah, there I I p- chose it purely because of that, which is a bit sad, really. But
0: <laughs> no, that's the reason to choose <laughs> it, so.
1: Um But actually, it was amazing because it allowed me to find my voice. I the structure was secondary to the voice for me. It's not like this in the second novel. I've had to structure it first, but. So it helped me with that
0: a lot. How did it work? How, how, do the, how does the... I, I mean, obviously I don't want you to give away all the favours, uh, secrets, but, but how, what were the sort of things you were being asked to do?
1: We we're, were asked to do a lot of free writing, and we had, to, we had to do these things called peer presentations, where we'd write something and then read it out to the rest of the class. God. That was horrendous. It was awful, awful, awful experience. Because I read my romantic comedy, and there was just a, just a pause long enough that I knew, oh my God, <laughs> this is not going in the right way. <laughs> so I thought, oh dear, okay, well, and actually that propelled me into realising there was something wrong, that honest, because people were really upfront and really kind, right. but just at least I had people saying, no, this is not right. My well, people- God.
0: Were people writing lots of different kinds of things? Yeah, no, different, completely
1: different things. And it was great that I had people just to say to me, "Mm -mm, no.
0: So it wasn't that sense, because I know some writing courses tend to be filled with people all wanting to be... Just complimenting. ...David Foster Wallace or something. Right, um, no, it wasn't that. So there were lots of people being quite open to the idea of... It wasn't just the fact it was a romantic comedy. Yeah,
1: exactly, no, absolutely not. I think that was completely irrelevant. There was loads of other romantic comedies, writers on the course, I think... Um, no I think that was irrelevant I think it was genuinely that I wasn't connecting with it and it was shit there was no other but in
0: the moment you were told that uh, and for, for the podcast there'll be um, DBC Pierre talking about his book uh, about writing which I, I found really sort of inspiring right? but it was it was sort of about those moments it's a book written for people who I think write 10 pages of a book and they go oh this is terrible who, who am I kidding and then 10 years later probably try and do that again Right? were there points where you just thought, oh, that's it. I, I'm going to give up. Um, and and what got you th- got you through?
1: Good question. I actually, there was a point after Tim Lott said, you? are not. You're being dishonest with your writing." I went home and I was like, "I don't know where to go from here because I've I've tried for like 20 years on you know, and I can't do anymore." I was like, so emotionally sort of battered by then. I just thought, sod this. I, I'm just gonna, not going to do it. But actually, funnily enough, after that, three days later, I was still feeling a bit like, not wobbly, I was a bit strong, but just a bit like, oh crap, my dream is over. And then I woke up at three in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And suddenly I just, I, I had the voice of Josephine in my head. I had the first line. It, just, it was obviously in my subconscious somewhere. And it just, it needed to, my conscious had needed my sort of self, sense of self needed to be a bit of eroded to access it. And Tim Lott had done that by being inadvertently I don't
0: know. So that meant going to something that was for want of a better word, real and authentic. Yeah,
1: Exactly. And that was only possible because I'd had people being honest to me.
0: But was that also scary? I mean it must be it must be something you know, to to be real and authentic it's all very well but it must be quite it must be a great moment to find to find a voice but it must also be in the context we've been talking about for yeah. someone who perhaps has, has hidden in yeah. that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was to put that down. Uh,
1: yes you're right I felt I was thinking god where's this, all this coming from no, no, no. <laughs> but actually at the same time it was quite meditative but actually yeah. writing it not cathartic because none of that stuff happened to me but as okay. that, like you said maybe the underlying themes of it and emotions, i.e. repression and whatever. Obviously I had <laughs> been repressed, so maybe that. It was a double-edged sword. It was frightening, but also... So you
0: obviously start, started it on the course. How did you continue to to work on it?
1: I did a thousand words a day, religiously, because I thought, okay, now I found this voice, I can't let it go, cause by that point a few agents, we'd had an agents day at Faber where I think about 50 agents come in here, you read what you've written and I had, some of them wrote to me, so I, kn- I knew there was something there, mm. so I thought I can't let this go now, this is ridiculous, so I, I just made myself do a thousand words a day
0: And was that then you working sort of with them the rest of your life? <laughs> yeah you weren't, you weren't having People necessary to guide you? You said that I think. No,
1: the... I just had my first son then, so he was, I can't remember how old he was, but obviously I was in a fug of like newborn, deranged sort of whatever. So I was working at night time, I would put him down at seven and then work till eleven. Okay. But I enjoyed it, so it wasn't really, it didn't really feel like work, it just felt. I didn't tell you for a year, so. Okay. That was a, one good thing that came out of it. Well, and a published book, obviously.
0: And was there something particular about writing at, at night? Um, I've talked yeah. to a couple of writers that really like
1: I don't like writing in the day, Okay. I can't write it doesn't work, I, I have to now because I've got a deadline but if it's in the day then I have to shut all the curtains <laughs> it's really odd um, it's a bit weird, it's a bit vampiric actually now mm. I do that out loud um, but yeah, better in the night time
0: why do you think, do you think that is? or is it again one of those things you don't particularly want to?
1: I think it's because Probably I let down defences easier because I'm a bit tired. Mm-hmm. When I'm tired, I find it easier, to be honest. So in the daytime, I've got this sort of, oh, hello, nice, polite me, but actually I'm probably not feeling like that. And in the nighttime, I'm just... It's easier to let it, let all that go, that facade <laughs> slip.
0: Do you remember the day you, you finished that first draft, when you actually had... when you'd written the novel?
1: Yes, I do. What, do you I know? cried for about an hour <laughs> yeah it's, quite, it's yeah it was amazing it was an amazing feeling that I'd actually done it after however many years of trying and trying and trying
0: did you need the course to do it, I mean obviously in terms of the, the sort of honesty, did, did, would you recommend courses as a way um,
1: 100% I think would, if you find the right people who are willing to be honest and tell you something's awful then it's so much better than I don't know, having your Backpacked and patted and being complimented, and and just to have that that sort of focus, it's really exciting as well I had to meet other writers who who are all going for it and decided to be make it there. I don't know.
0: What was it like when that that process you described of your, your agent making you re- write and re- rewrite? Because I think we talk a lot about inspiration and yeah. and kind of, yes the sort of writing in the dark and you know um, DBC had talked very funnily about uh, I can't remember which one it was now one writer found that he wrote at his best when he was uh, naked and handling his genitals <laughs> uh, I think near a filing cabinet I can't remember who that was it was I very funny story I'm
1: weirdly fetishistic yeah um,
0: but there's another bit of uh, writing which is actually another part of, um, Bill Clegg who's just been on the podcast talked about the idea of carpentry the kind of you have the inspiration and then you've got to put it in order, you've got to find yeah. the structure. It sounded like you had quite an intensive process of, of refining and rewriting and redrafting. Do yeah. you, how do you find that side of, of writing? We don't talk about that, perhaps, as much as the romantic vision of... Yeah,
1: that's true. I, I'm not very logical in my thinking, so I find that quite difficult, actually.
0: Maintaining consistency and... Yeah. yeah.
1: It was really satisfying... But there was loads of things that my agent noticed that she was like um, no that that doesn't work because I, I, have, I tend to think the long way around rather than the short way around so I <laughs> over sort of complicate it. Um, so I found that a real struggle but satisfying at the same time so was, I found it okay to do because I knew it at that point just one last hurdle before I could...
0: Was that editing things out almost? Was that getting rid of things?
1: A lot of getting rid of things, yes. And also Nell suggested I change the ending because the ending was completely different um, originally. Um, I can't even remember what happened, but it was, it was more of a typical psychological thriller ending. And I think she s- suggested that it was more cathartic at the end. Hmm. So I had to re- I had scrapped the whole lot and rewrote that bit.
0: I mean, it's a danger, isn't it? I suppose there's, you know, psychological thrillers are very hot right now. Yeah. And it's sort of, I find it fascinating that they've they've come back. Most of them seem to have the word, as I've written quite a lot, um, girl in the title. That was obviously a challenge in itself, was that living up to kind of certain expectations a reader might have, as well as not quite... Yeah, exactly. Just being formulaic. Yeah, and
1: that's... I had that problem in the second. I'm just... so I've just started it, but I, I had that problem with again trying to be too psychological thrillerish. But actually, I think I'm. I find it easier to write as a, as with an emotional thriller. I don't know mm-hmm. if There's no genre for that, but more emotional than thriller.
0: You talked about a second novel. Is starting again? Is it difficult or is it is it easier having put one behind you? Or I
1: found it utterly horrific. I mean...
0: Did you have a break in between?
1: Yeah, well, I did. They, I had another baby after. I was pregnant when I got the book deal. And I got a two-book deal which was amazing. Um, so they gave me a bit of an extension. It was originally a year that they wanted for second novel. But I think baby number two came about two months after. Oh, I can't remember when. Uh, I mean, I, I know his birthday, but I can't remember when my novel got published. So I think there's about two months in between. So I was a bit sort of all consumed with nappies and whatever else comes with babies. But, um,
0: Basically nappies. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I was trying to think what else. There is nothing else, just nappies. Um, so I found that... I. Well, I can't remember the question now I was thinking about babies and nappies and now I've forgotten what you asked me
0: um, w- Did you take a break between oh, the two? T- yes, yeah, t- so they
1: extended my mm. deadline for five months okay. so it's they, I've got 17 months I think um, and I, as soon as I had baby number two I knew I had to get straight back into it otherwise I'd sort of lose focus mm. but actually that was the wrong thing to do because I spent the past year trying and not finding the right... Voice again. Again, that bloody voice thing. And so it's only just been recently that I've, A, had an idea and, B, been able to start writing. OK. So I did need the break, definitely. I mm. didn't think I did when I was in it. You know that thing when you're in something you don't really need to mm. leave, see outside. Um, also, I was probably a bit sleep-deprived and a bit not really thinking straight. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely needed the break.
0: And are you on the way now? Is it going...
1: Touchwood, yes. I've just, I've just got into it.
0: Can you say anything about it or would you rather keep it um, top secret?
1: Not at all that I'd rather keep it top secret. I haven't quite got my head around the... It's a family drama this time. Um, And I think it would be this similar emotional thriller rather than a sort of murder mystery. Okay. Touch wood. I've got a deadline soon, so... Better, <laughs> <laughs> better be going the right way.
0: One thing I did want to ask, I was, I was curious about... Um, the, were you journalists journalist for a while? Or were you... I
1: was, and I lived in Jordan for a bit. I worked on an arts and culture magazine out there, ah. which is amazing, which is such an incredible experience. Um, I use Jordan purely because I am mentally quite lazy. I'm not very good visually either, so I can't, I can't visualise a place that I've imagined out of nowhere so that was pure laziness I like used children. but um, why, did, why did you go out out there? Um, I met someone and I told her that I wanted to write that I wanted to be a journalist and she was like hey that's funny I'm starting a magazine or my dad is not her obviously her dad was starting a big media company out there mm-hmm. and she asked me to send her some stuff and she read it and liked it and, and she got me a flight out there the next week so it's the best it was such an amazing opportunity and experience. I had an amazing time because I had really good friends there. The country I found, yeah, it was lovely. We, I, I got to go to Petra on weekends and stuff and go to the desert and hang out with the Bedouin. so it was sort of very different from what I was doing before. I was a secretary in a property company in Camden, and I screwed up so many times that it <laughs> just not right for me. So... I, it was such a cool thing to do for 20 or 25, I
0: was. Were you writing when you were out there, or was it... Loads, funny? I wrote loads.
1: Cause, um, it was a new magazine that came out, and it was uh, one of the thick coffee table type magazines. Mm-hmm. So it had to be densely populated, so I was really lucky. I got to interview who I wanted to interview. Oh, well. Who agreed to interview me, obviously, be interviewed. Um, and I got to write about basically anything, because it was all new, we were in charge, basically. Uh-huh. That's really cool.
0: How about since you've come back? Is it? I mean, is, are you a full-time mother? Are you, is that what you and, and full-time writer? Is that? Is
1: yes. That? When I got my first book deal, um, I was lucky enough that I could now concentrate on mm-hmm. doing this. I say full-time, but I can only really write at night. So. Um, yeah, I. But my oldest is at school now, so it's much easier.
0: How, how, the, there is this sort of nightmare of um, vision is, is the pram in the hall and all that sort of stuff but it sounds like for you that it's been it's maybe pushed you into sort of, it's forced you to kind of focus on yes, the much better
1: for me because I know I can only do this in a certain time um, mm-hmm. we've just now deadlines approaching, we've just got a nanny chair so okay. that's helped me a lot with the because now he's at an age where he's not sleeping all day so my younger son. So actually he's running around like a nutter, so I have okay. to, I, I can't write and him, him be there too.
0: Otherwise it turns into a completely different novel. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Just a little monster, F tiny... words and help help help. Yeah, tiny monster attacking my neighbor.
0: Yeah. Um I do have one other question which has gone completely out of my mind. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the Oh yeah, the one thing I was going to ask is I, I did re- read uh, I did read the piece in the Guardian um, you wrote which is a very frank uh, description about um, that your husband is Jewish and comes yes. from a tradi- fairly traditional
1: exactly. Jewish yes.
0: family who struggled for some time to accept you as a non-Jewish um, partner. I guess what I was curious about is as is, is part of you know the writer's life. Um, you have to do book promotion and and talk about these sorts of things. You know to, to, yeah. to get your book out there and to, to I could imagine people reading it and and having all sorts of opinions. Um, uh, I can imagine your your, your in-laws reading it. And, but but it's quite something to have to do that in public. Um, whether you wanted to write that piece anyway, I don't I don't know. But. To, to do it partly to, to promote a book. How comfortable do you feel with that side of
1: That's funny, given our discussion from before about the novel about refreshments? Yeah. <laughs> <it, laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't feel uncomfortable okay. writing it. I don't I don't know why actually that's I'm not suggesting that you should be. No, was... I I think I felt it was so important. For me, I I found those issues so important that I probably didn't mind it was it was nothing too personal as in so many people go through it and luckily my in-laws read it before I I gave it to them before I even sent it off to Emily the publicist here so they they gave the thumbs up so I think if I hadn't done that it would have been not great for them to suddenly find it in the paper (laughs) but (laughs) and actually um, yeah they were really supportive I think it made uh, that piece has got so much great, s- such a great reception. People, loads of people, have written to me saying thank you. I've been going through the same thing, um, so yeah, I didn't feel bad being on it. It felt, it felt scary actually. I, it was a bit frightening. I thought, oh my god.
0: It is interesting that the sense of your interest, obviously, in kind of exclusive worlds, but in this, in this case, you. You being excluded, so it seemed like there was a whole kind of culture that was that was that was worried. So your in-laws were actually as worried by the reaction of other of their friends and in what Jewish to c- the
1: peace or to me marrying? To,
0: to you marrying? That, that actually they were the pressure they were getting was. Oh, very
1: interesting. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they did get a lot of pressure. I think, and and they felt it because of it. As, it is they I suppose they were quite intimate. Um... I think they, they've got a really tight knit community as well, mm. that's, yeah, that's really true about being an uh, outsider for me and them probably feeling like, scared, fearful about being judged probably and they were judged, I know that for a fact, but um, that I think yeah, they must have felt fearful too which is why they probably reacted to me the way they did, it's all based around fear.